We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Hey everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast. Uh, this week brought to you by MyBookie.ag. As always, I'm your host, Eric Bertzloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. Joined by my co-host today, Nathan Powell, a man who's been engaged for one whole week. What's up, Nathan? Okay, so this is just going to be a topic every week. Like Everyone's sick of my engagement by now, uh, but... Yes. Uh, is what's everyone up? is Miriam sick of your engagement? <laughs> that would be an issue. That, that would be an issue. No, we went to Disney this weekend, and so that was that was fun. Dude, um, if, you, if you follow you for Nate Dog walks the dog, you also get some Disney snaps. It's legit, dude. Oh, there you go. And <laughs> pal FF on Snapchat. You know, it's the real deal. There you go. I, I'll, maybe I'll go from twelve to fourteen followers on Snapchat. <laughs> uh, how did you do this week in fantasy? It was playoff week, Nathan. So I assumed uh, you did really well in all the toilet bowls. Uh, well, you know, toilet bowls actually not great. Uh, I think I won like one of my toilet bowl games. But uh, the real thing is that this time of year reminds me that all of my best teams are best ball teams. So I have like th- three teams left right now, and I think two of them are losing right now. So my best ball teams are looking really good, and they're, you know, first, second, third, and that range. Even my listener league team for Tradecast, that team stinks and is somehow in fourth place entering this week. So 
Uh, I only do best ball. I, I need to quit all my normal leagues and just best ball it up. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's a better strategy for the way you play Dynasty. That would be sad, though. Um, but at least you give good content. I mean, you don't have to be a good player to well, teach well. Uh, to actually relate this to, to content somewhat, uh, the difference between best ball and seasonal for me is best ball is about player evaluation. It's about building a roster, whereas seasonal is more about building a lineup, and I think that there's more skill involved in building a team rather than a lineup. All right. Agree to disagree. Um, I like making actual decisions each week personally. So, uh, but yeah, I, I would just like to toot my own horn here. Say I'm in five playoffs. I made it to the semis in five and I'm now out in all except one, which is technically I'm in the finals of that. So everyone I was in the semis just blaze of glory. One team put up 60 points. It was cool. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, dude, this week was this week was just awful. Okay, well, before we talk about what an awful, no good, bad week it is, let's tell you about uh, who's bringing us to you, and that's the Road of His Radio Network and uh, our ten shows on this network. Uh, you can you can join our Patreon by doing so. You'll gain exclusive access to Road of His Live, our weekly Sunday video show answering all of your fantasy questions. And even though the regular season is still wrapping up, there's DFS discussions there. So uh, there's still some content to be had. Uh, Patreon trips start at just $5 per month and provide exclusive access to RotoViz Live. That's four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts for just $5. Become a RotoViz radio patron uh, and join that exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high quality industry leading programming. Speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you get 30% off Rotoviz NFL Pass right now. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. The season is almost over, but that doesn't that doesn't matter. You still need Rotoviz Pass, gain limited access to all of our NFL content and tools. So you get amazing value and support the podcast network. Once again, that's rotoviz.com slash podcast. See, what we need to convince them to do, Nathan, is get us on there once the season's over and we can do Sunday shows about Dynasty. I think that's legit. Um, knowing, knowing you two fathers, uh, having any sort of commitment to a day is a bad idea. That's valid. Probably valid, but we're here. I mean, we're always here on Tuesday. It's just, it's a grab bag of who's here, you know, that's how it goes. Um, okay. Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, this week was pretty lame for dynasty. If you survived or actually fantasy in general, if you survived kudos to you, there was terrible injuries in the form of Lamar, uh, Keenan Allen. There's one more that I feel like I'm missing here that got you a big furry goose egg. Uh, oh, Aaron Jones, just not great. Um, so Nathan, I guess let's then talk about a player that we touched on last week. That's not injury related, but the next player that we talked about will be. Um, and that is Derek Henry. Uh, another fantastic week from Derek Henry ran the ball 33 times, Nathan, 33 um, I believe that is a lot. Uh, if Dan was here, he would probably say hashtag a lot. And you got 170 yards and two TDs on that. So um, I guess what is your take on Derrick Henry? Uh, I think last week all of us were on board with it's time to sell Derrick Henry. Is this just a widening of the window to maybe if you have a trade deadline through uh, through right now that after the season's over, you can then go and shop him? For for the most part, I, I think it's a sell window. But as some may know, uh, I, I I was born a Derrick Henry believer, a Derrick Henry true. truther. You've been quiet recently about that because he's been terrible. And <laughs> so, but as is the case when these type of things happen, it's like oh, maybe he's as good as I thought he was. I mean, you got Tyler Boyd and Tyreek right, so you, maybe go. you got Henry right too with all of Dynasty Twitter as well. 
And uh, the, the clear difference between like hitting on a late breakout wide receiver and a late breakout running back is that I think that the workload is so much more of a factor with the running back that it's like, okay, the team has to believe in the guy. They have to give him the touches. And the last two weeks, particularly this week with the 33, 33, 33 carries, they believe in him right now. And whether that's going to carry through to next season, whether they're going to invest at another running back in the draft or the free agency, I don't know. Um, but I, I tend to lean towards this, this widens the window more than opens more than me thinking, okay, it's still time to buy. But there is a part of me that thinks, well, like let's don't let's not close the book on Henry like too quickly. Like he, like, he might actually be good. Well, I mean, I, I, and that's that's a fair question of is he good? I mean, the problem here is this volume. Is, I mean, maybe if there's a dude in the league that is physically built for this volume, he might be the guy. But this volume is not sustainable long term, and so. I mean, if he's able to put up, if he's getting twenty carries and, and has somebody to split the split the carries with, but I mean, this was clear that they just want to ride him into the ground. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm still on board with selling him. And I, I, as I mentioned at the top of this, I think this is the window that is is the dump Derrick Henry, and his value is going to be inflated from this, especially if he has one more good game at the end of here and wins somebody as outrageously as it may sound their dynasty championship. Yeah, that's cert- certainly a fair prospect. Uh, let's move on to another player who may be worth a dumping, and that's Damian Williams of the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, they lost Kareem Hunt a few weeks ago. They had uh, Spencer Ware out for their uh, game this week. And so in steps Damian Williams, who, you know, got the bulk of the work, six catches for 74 receiving yards, 10 rushes for, for 49, and two touchdowns. Is there any prospect of Williams being a contributor in 2019, or is this a pure end-of-season play? I mean – if you watch this game, he wa- he looked like a man possessed. He was he was just trucking this defense. Uh, everybody was struggling to take him down. Uh, to me, he looked kind of real dealish. Um, as as crazy as that may sound, um, I and, and with with like the uncertainty in Kansas City. I mean, okay, let's think about how this plays out. Probably right is okay in Kansas City. They're Cream Hunt's certainly not coming back. So now they have now they have Ware and Williams. They'll probably draft somebody. Where's a free agent for what it's worth? Yeah. And now we, so they're probably going to draft somebody. Um, but is that person going to take over immediately, or can Williams actually keep a, a a share in this in this offense if he performs well down the stretch here? And I think so. And I think he's showing that he can he can be a valuable asset in the receiving game too for dump off passes. I mean, this is I, I don't know volume wise if he's capable of sustaining this, but if he's even if he's a fifty percent share, the price tag right now looks real good. Um, where if if I'm able to going out and buying Damian Williams, if you're capable of doing so for like a third, strikes me as being a real good deal. Yeah, I think that you know, obviously a week or two ago, Damian Williams didn't have roster value. I think that now he has roster value, and some people will even say he has trade value. I'm not going out and buying Williams quite yet. Maybe if it's a late third, I'm like, okay, might as well try it with that. But I, I think for the most part, if you can get anything in return for Williams right now, it's a move I'd be willing to make because w- with the type of player that he is, it's so very uh, infrequently is it that this player ends up being you know, a contributor for multiple years or even a contributor the following year after he has this little blip because of injuries and suspensions and things like that. So, um, well, and, and to be fair, all I'm saying is if, if I mean, a third round valuation, do I think basically am I like, do I think he has some value next year if he contributes here? I think so. Um, now I agree. Like he's, it's his fifth year in the league. It's probably not going to happen for him. He, we saw Alice Collins come up, look amazing and fizzle again. Um, and he had actual draft pedigree. This is, 
this is somebody, I mean, I do not think there's long-term dynasty value here, but I do think that he's, he's a player that if you're doing a zero RB strategy, this is a very cheap zero RB to keep on your roster. And it's, and it's likely one injury away next year from, uh, from having the opportunity to be the bell cow again. Yeah, I think it might take a little bit more than that, but it's certainly within the range of outcomes. All right, let's move on to another Williams, and that is of the Mike variety. Yes, there's been many Mike Williams, but this is the most current Mike Williams. There's actually another D Williams that that ran the football for. Oh yeah, Daryl Williams, yeah. The Rail Williams as well. This is just a Williams filled show. Go on. I'm sorry, uh, Mike Williams. Uh, as everyone knows, I am the draft capital, draft capital guy of the of the planet, and so I was screaming. Why is everyone dumping Mike Williams so cheaply this offseason? You know, he had one injury riddled rookie season. He was a, you know, top 10, top 12 draft pick. I forgot exactly where he went, but top 10, I'm pretty sure. I think it was seven. Anyways, so there was plenty of reasons to buy this offseason. And you could say that year two has been a, a mixed bag. He's had some big games. Uh, I like his seven catch, 76, two, two touchdowns, plus the rushing touchdown. So three touchdowns uh, this past week. Um, but he hasn't even eclipsed 100 receiving yards uh, this year, so not, not exactly a, a breakout second year. So do you see him as just an inconsistent play, a guy who may, might be good in best ball, or do you see him as a guy that's flashed enough this year that maybe he ends up being the, the prototypical from years past year three breakout? I'd, I think it's. I think we could be staring at a year three breakout here. He's certainly the arrows trending up with him, um, and with Keenan out, we might get a better look at him. But I think him, him and Keenan as a one-two punch, is is an interesting uh and i think that's ultimately what the chargers had in mind when they drafted him at seven overall so this is he's a player that i'm not sure will ever be a wide receiver one will ever have that like upside of being like i don't know like mike evans or something crazy like that in the in the top tier of dynasty but he is a player that i think will continue to have value and he's just a giant dude and philip rivers is good so um it, it's and that's that's a great take. That's like a Dan take there. He's a giant dude, and Philip Rivers is good. As I said it, I was like, that is something Dan would say. Uh, but he he is he is a player that strikes me as having a real chance at breakout. And he did come from Clemson. Like he's he's got pedigree. He's drafted in the first round. Comes from a great college, and he's going into his third year and has flashed in his first two. I, I'm I'm okay with it. But I think the price tag is going to get expensive. Let me let me toss it back to you, Nathan, and ask you what that price tag right now is for Williams. Uh, I mean, it depends on what you qualify as expensive. I don't think he's that much more expensive than he was the day he got drafted. I don't think he's any more. I mean, he's probably cheaper than when he got drafted it in the 105, 106 range of rookie drafts. I mean, yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. I mean, I think that his value has depressed because he's not the, not just studying out here. Yeah, and it, for me, the way I value him, I would say I value him in like the 107 to 109 range, and I, I think that he, he's a high upside play at, at that price point. But as far as just let's say I have Mike Williams on my team right now, what am I looking at from him? I, I think he's he's a inconsistent play at best. I, I don't I until he proves that he's going to be getting the targets uh, on a consistent basis. He has so many sub five target games uh, this year that you can't really rely on that production in, in a seasonal league. So well, let I am, me let me just toss out some. I'm sorry, finish that thought. I I like him as a talent. I, I think he's going to be a good football player, but I think that. In fantasy, there is some caution to be had, uh, at, at least until he proves that he's going to be a consistent producer. Yeah, I mean, his value is relatively depressed at the end of the sixth round in startups. I mean, um, as crazy as this sound, Gron- sounds, Gronk is right there as well. Um, but guys like Anthony Miller, Marlon Mack, Doug Baldwin, uh, Royce Freeman, Lamar Miller are all players around him. So I, I don't know. I mean, as, out of out of those players, with the exception of Gronk, if he doesn't retire, the upside I think is is trending with with Mike Williams in that location. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I I wouldn't draft Gronk there either, but you know. No, I mean, I mean that that puts him in my eyes as a as kind of you mentioned a late first round valuation. I think that's probably close to right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's go ahead and uh, and move on to the player that I just mentioned. Actually, if I was better at this, I would have pivoted as I mentioned Marlon Mack. Uh, but Marlon Mack is a man possessed, um, and he has he's flashed and he flashed again this past week. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I can work on getting them. Um, but he he. He was one of the the beacons of hope on my uh, my dynasty roster this week, uh, but it, but Nathan, I guess what are you doing with Mac? It looks like he's a lock for right around fifteen carries a week, um, and with those fifteen carries, he seems very capable of producing. Yeah, it's interesting because we've we've been chasing the indie running back with Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins and Mac, of course, as well, and the play has been a bit inconsistent by all of them, and. I think Mac is the best talent of the three and the guy who has the quote unquote work workhorse ability of the three. Um, I just don't really know what to do with him because he has these big games. So people on, on who have him currently aren't going to be like selling him for an early to mid second. They, they're going to want that first round price tag for him. I would think. Yeah. And, and as, as a Marlon Mac owner in many places, I will attest to that statement. Yeah. And I just don't, I don't think that. I, I don't think he's that much better than Hines and Wilkins to be, okay, I, I'm going to invest that first round capital in him. I'd just be a bit wary of it. And I, because he's going to be an, another guy who's going to be an inconsistent producer. He's got three hundred yard games and then a bunch of, uh, a few good ones and a couple conquers as well. So Mac, he's had, you know, an okay year, but it, he's raised more questions than, than answers here with just, you know, inconsistent play. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a, like the type of player that I, I do like, um, cause he is, he's like, he's like the, the epitome of like a end of our or end of RB two flex player. Um, but I think he's, I mean, I've never, as a player who, or per, as an owner who has him many times, I, I rarely feel bad about sticking him in my lineup. Um, and I, and I don't think the dynasty community is really caught up to his valuation just because of the inconsistencies. And I think we're very questionable about the indie backfield because, we're like, is this the answer that they finally needed? Or is this, are they finally going to start running him into the ground? I mean, he got 27 carries this last week. Um, so maybe if he keeps getting that type of, uh, that type of push, but I think he got 12 the week before. Um, so he, he's, he's been kind of uh, all over the place on the, on the number of carries. So maybe if anything, he's a game script dependent running back. Um, and in this game, they just happen to be running it down, uh, down Dallas's throat. Uh, so I don't know for, for me, I think I'm going to, go buy Mac once my trade deadlines are done. If it is like a late first valuation, second round valuation, I don't think a second's getting it done, but he is a player that like, I don't know, maybe the Mac owners are going to be high on him like me. Um, but I, he's a player that, that I actually kind of really like. I think that he's a player. And I, I did say that a lot of Mac owners, we hesitate to sell because of the big games, but I also think he's the type of player that when he has like the seven carry for 36 yard game, then that's a prime time to buy. The value fluctuates more on that value level of player to yeah. where when you have the bad game, the people start to worry. They start to say, eh, maybe I will accept this offer that I wouldn't have accepted two, two weeks ago. So certainly if, if you're going to buy him, and we say this for every player, but certainly with this level of player, I would say never buy him after the big game. Always wait for the clunker because a clunker will move a lower valued player's value more so than a top end. Yeah, I mean, and looking at his carries throughout the season, he he has 
I mean, he's been pretty consistent in double digits. I think there was only one game against the Jags. It was a zero six game where uh, he, he only got under 10. So uh, anytime he's healthy, he seems to be getting over 10 carries and that has value. Um, and, and I don't see him going anywhere. I don't see the Colts being like, no, thank you. You've consistently run the ball uh, over a hundred yards uh, for us this season. We'll, or you've done it a couple of times. We'll just go ahead and pass on you. You 22 year old. Um, I think he's got several more years there uh, before before we really know what we have in Marlon Mack. So it seems like it seems like a low, low floor, high ceiling type player to me. Yep. Um, okay. Um, let me go ahead and pivot. This is going to be the worst pivot of all time, but I'm going to tell it's going to be the best product of all time. I'm going to tell you guys about our sponsor. Uh, and that is, uh, that is <laughs> mybookie.ag. Um, it's the time of the year where you might be out of the fantasy playoffs. As I mentioned before, I'm out of most of them now as well. Um, that if you are out of the fantasy playoffs and you want to have a little bit of action, uh, it's, it's a great time to check out mybookie.ag. Uh, these guys, we've been, we've been, we've been telling you about them all year long. Um, so if you are the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, um, like bet numbers on roulette, you can play a big parlay. Um, and that's a good way to start. Maybe put like five bucks on a big parlay or put a hundred bucks on a parlay, three teams and turn it into 600 bucks. Uh, five bucks will turn it into, you know, 30 bucks. That's good math right there on the fly. Um, and if you don't want to bet on football, if you're tired of football, if you're like, I'm out of the playoffs, I'm done. You can bet on, uh, you can bet on college basketball. You can bet on the bowl games. You can bet on the NBA. You can bet on NHL. You can bet on esports. And as I always say, Trump, uh, Trump as well. You could vote on him which is always good uh, depending on any, uh, any side of the aisle can vote on or bet on that. Uh, my bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. And we recommend these guys uh, because we really do trust them. Uh, like I said, my bookie has been sponsoring us for over a year at this point. My bookie has been in business for years uh, and they've got great online reviews and their mobile site is easy. So if you sign up for my bookie this week, we'll give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money. If you are out of the playoffs, uh, you can also follow at my bookie on Twitter uh, they personally respond to every mention in DM, uh, not to mention they give away money. Uh, they give away 10000 in free money to their followers this football season, and you'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. Don't miss out on one of the best weeks to bet on, on sports this year. Uh, log on to my bookie right now and use promo code ROTOVIZ to get a 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code ROTOVIZ, R-O-T-O-V-I-Z. You play, you win, you get paid. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at gapfactory.com. All righty. We're going to do a little segment called Rookie Redo. Oh, uh, this time of year, maybe even a little bit earlier, a lot of people do a redo of a rookie draft. And I think that we try and avoid the what everyone else is doing on podcasts. So we basically we do what they do, but we just change it a little bit. So what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be comparing players at the same position. Uh, we're going to take one guy who has outperformed their ADP, outperformed uh, you know their, their initial rookie draft value, and someone who's either disappointed or is pretty much stayed at the same value. So basically comparing a guy who has risen versus a guy who has fallen. And we're going to start off with Josh Allen or Josh Rosen. Like I always say, it doesn't really matter with this particular scenario, but we're going to assume Superflex. What are your thoughts on these two, Eric? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. They, but they both had, had 
had interesting seasons. Uh, Josh Allen's legs were really, really impressive. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Rosen just because I think he's he's more of a, a traditional passer, and and he is in despite it being a terrible organization this year, a better organization all around. Uh, the Bills have shown the inability to get their heads screwed on correctly um, and, and make good, rational decisions for a team that's terrible. So uh, I don't see that getting better in the future. And, and for that reason, I'll take Rosen out of those. Yeah, I mean, if you asked me this six months ago, I would have said Rosen, not even close, bank it, take it to the bank, a million bucks. I'm not so sure anymore. I, I I know that Josh Allen may not be the best quote unquote football player or the better football right. player in this scenario, but Rosen hasn't played well. He's played on an awful football team, a team, the team that I predict would have the number one pick. That hasn't exactly gone that way, but they've been very bad. So, right. so I I think I I think if I had to t- take one, it would be Rosen. But I don't think it's that far fetched to say go with Allen, go with the guy who is you know had these huge games in his rookie year. Early season or early career success, rookie season success can show, okay, this is what's going to be happening over the long haul. Now maybe that rushing success isn't as as positive of an indicator because it's inconsistent year to year or even week to week. But I I do think that – let's put it this way. If I had Rosen, I'd be trying to sell him for Allen plus something, uh, especially in Superflex right now. Yeah, I (laughs) – I don't know. I mean, Allen just seems like the player that's probably not the best at actual football and is good at fantasy football. And that's where, like... We we, we don't play actual football. We play fantasy football. No, but we play dynasty fantasy football where if you're actually bad at football, like, for redraft next year, sure, but, like, for two years from now, like, Allen might not be in the league. I mean, we're talking... We, like, redraft Tyrod is great. Dynasty Tyrod's not, unfortunately, uh, because he's just not going to keep a job. Um, so I, it's kind of the same situation for me that that I th- I guess I'll go with I guess I'll go with the guy who I think is going to be in the league longer and I don't think there's that much discrepancy between the two of them they both put up in the ballpark of the same amount of points this year did they yeah I think they were like forty points off of each other okay. looking at it right now uh, in one of my leagues Allen had and this okay is- yeah but, but look uh, that's eighteen points per game versus eleven points per game yeah and fair. I can't disagree with that. It is that, but I'm just saying, I don't think, I think that Rosen's on a really bad football team this year. So give it, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to wait him out. righty, Let's go on to our next one. It's going to be Philip Lindsay, the guy who has skyrocketed from undrafted free agent to superstar or carry on Johnson, a guy who he's had a good rookie season, but I mean, he hasn't like lit the world on fire either. Yeah, this is – I think it's time for hat-eating time here, or at least admitting that I made a bad trade in in a, one of my leagues that I traded Philip Lindsay in a first for Leonard Fournette that I thought was like a dream trade. I thought that was the greatest trade ever, and now I am just – like early on in the season, I thought I had sold high and was good to go. Man, it's, it's hat-eating time. I think I made a bad decision because I'm not even sure I straight up want to do that deal, even with the first out of it. Um yeah, Lindsay's Lindsay seems to be the real deal. I saw on in uh, in Denver he was headlining the uh, the TV guide. It was like Philip Lindsay takes on the I forget who they played this week, but oh the Bengals. Oh, no, who did they play this week? I forget. Um, but they take wow. on. It's like Philip Lindsay was the headliner. I was like, man, that team has no talent. Um, but yeah, I mean, li- but Lindsay on a team that really doesn't have the ability to move the football has been electric this year, and I don't think there's any denying that he put 
all the Royce Freeman truthers like uh, in a sad, sad place this year. So uh, carry on has looked great too. I think it's unfair to say he's had a mediocre year. I think when he's been on the field, he's been fabulous. I just think that the problem is he was injured. Um, so if there is like a, a lull in his valuation, I'm more than happy to go purchase him. I think he is the bell cow in Detroit moving forward. Uh, but I will give like, I think that I think that Philip Lindsay has superstar potential. I think carry on Johnson is going to be a very good running back moving forward. Yeah, and for me, I'm going to take Lindsay here just because the the his rushing success in year one, it guys like that don't just go away. I, I think that he is the type of player that's going to be the the RB one in Denver. I don't, I'm not scared of Royce Freeman there, and so I, I think that Lindsay maybe he's a, a sell in the off season, but I do think I would prefer him between these two running backs long term. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is the thing he's been beating out the guy with 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 draft capital. I mean, the guy was drafted in the third round. The guy in the third round has been at the, at the bottom end of timeshare. And it's, it's, it's only been dissipating further as the year goes on. So uh, yeah, I mean, Lindsay seems to have, I mean, the undrafted free agent beating out the third rounder is it happens very, very rarely. All right, let's move on to our next one. It's Ronald Jones or Josh Adams. (sighs) Ah, man, I didn't even know Josh Adams was a rookie this year. That's, Actually, that's that's how bad I am at this. I thought he was. I thought he was like a, a journeyman guy. Um, God, I, I'll take I'll take Jones and just hope he shows up. And I'll just I'll just hang my hat on draft capital there. But it, that feels gross. I don't think Josh Allen's the. I don't think Josh Allen's anything but a stopgap right now for the Eagles. Yeah, I think it's just a, a matter of circumstance where he got the opportunity there. But isn't and, this outrageous? We're comparing these two with the way they were drafted, like in the in the off season. This is ridiculous. Yeah, and I guess yeah. I guess Lindsay's the same way. I mean, this is this is absurd that those two are in the same sentence. Yeah, but it, it certainly makes more sense that like Ronald, Ronald Jones. I mean, Lindsay has been so good that he's up there at the top, rather than Ronald Jones has been so bad that he's down yeah. here with a guy who's had like two good games and. Usually, if you're an undrafted free agent, you have to have more than just two good games to have any sort of dynasty value. So, yeah, um, yeah with, with Jones, I'm, I'm holding out hope that he's in a really good offense and that eventually it becomes the RB one there. Uh, certainly within the range of outcomes that he's just Bishop Sankey. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say too. Is like there's a decent chance that we have a Bishop Sankey on our hands here, and we're we're the entire dynasty community is going down with the ship, unfortunately. They're not though. Like everyone is just is basically call, already calling Ronald Jones Bishop Sankey, which is fine because he's basically been that bad this year. Yeah. But but I, I'm on the off chance that he isn't. I'm going to be buying on the very cheap this this path. I mean, this I mean let's ask the question: What is Ronald Jones' valuation right now? A third round draft pick? Uh, I I offered two thirds, and they said that was an awful offer. So what? No, that's not an awful. If I if I was the Ronald Jones owner and I got two thirds offered to me, I mean, I probably wouldn't take it because I would be bitter that I drafted him in the first round. But I mean, it's a fair offer. I don't think that's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't either. I think that he's maybe like two thirds and a fourth, a late second and a fourth, or something like that. Like, I don't think you can get anything more than like the two oh eight for him. Man, Dynasty's such a Dynasty's such a funny game. It really is. Like just how quickly you can fizzle out. All right. Next one, go to the wide receiver position. Robert Foster, who has had a breakout uh in uh, his rookie season with Buffalo, or James Washington, who has played rather poorly in Pittsburgh. He had like one big catch against Pitt, uh New England this past week, but other than that, he has had a very quiet rookie season. So are you taking the undrafted guy who has flashed or the guy who has played the red shirt? 
Yeah, I, I I hung my hat on I hung my hat on this last week, and he he did it again this upcoming week, where or this 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 week here, uh, where he had another five targets, four receptions, and over a hundred yards on a TD. Um, he's just a low volume guy um, that has that has flashed thus far, and for Foster, I'm gonna I'm, I'm if I can get James White for him uh, or James Washington, I'm thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. I do not believe, and I will continue to say until I am wrong and have to eat my hat, that I do not believe that Mr. Foster is going to happen. Um, and I think James Washington is starting to get back on the field, is starting to show that he can do this, and is starting to gain trust. So this is he's a guy that uh, that I think that as a Pittsburgh number three, or if there is an injury, a Pittsburgh number two, he's got the pedigree. He has looked great. I, I have not given up on Washington. I haven't seen anything other than that kind of abysmal drop that he had. Uh, that it makes me think anything other than what I what we thought at the beginning of the season when we were drafting him in the early second. Nobody thought he was going to have impact this year. Yeah, I, I don't think that we've seen quite enough to make the swap here from undrafted free agent to you know second or third round guy wherever Washington was picked. But I think we're getting close. Like I think this is a legitimate conversation, especially those who you know just think okay, the guy has this uh, early. Uh, career production that's going to continue. So, yeah, I, I think it's close, but I'll lean Washington for the upside purposes. But I think it's close. All well, right. been, I mean, are you are you saying because you 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 don't think that James Washington's valuation has fa- has fallen at all? It has. It has. You think so? Okay. Well, then maybe I, mean, I, I think that I think that when he got drafted in Pittsburgh, he ended up falling into that like one eleven to like two hundred three range. Yes. And cer- certainly his value isn't still there. It's like I would say it's like the two hundred two to like two hundred six range. Okay, I mean, if I if I can get him at that two hundred six valuation right now, I'm I'm pretty happy with that. I think I think Washington's an off season buy. Um, I, I I really don't have that much concern about it. But yeah, Foster seems like a pretty easy sell to me right now, given his volume. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll turn out to be amazing. And I mean, he's certainly got the athletics for it. But uh, I don't know. And again, Bill's organization, no thank you. righty, next one: Marquez Valdez Scantling or Michael Gallup. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to go MVS here. Although even with uh, even with St. Brown coming on, I think Cobb's out next year, and I think that one of these guys is going to solidify themselves. Uh, I don't know. This is this is going to be a, maybe a controversial take, but I, I will take MVS. I have not seen anything from Gallup that I like, and I, I don't think the Cowboys have either. I think they went out and paid a fortune for Amari Cooper to allow Gallup to just try to be that second or third guy, um, and he's been he's been okay. He's been okay. But he's been so much better since the Cooper trade that he obviously, you know, NFL player ends up getting better as his rookie season goes on. But also yeah. the fact that the pressure has been taken off him. He's now the number two. And I think that he's the long-term number two in that offense. I'm not so sure, not, I'm not so sure that Valdez Scantling has that locked in role because he's the later round draft pick because there's so much competition in Green Bay. Uh, so for me, I'm taking Gallup because the draft capital and I think it's, it's more of a secure role long-term. Yeah, I mean, did he did he solidify anything last week? I feel like he didn't do anything last week. Gallup. I didn't say I didn't say he did it last week. I'm saying that he's been playing better since the trade. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, when I've what I've seen from MVS, I, I I really Scantling seems like he has a lot of upside. And and there was definitely a discussion on this podcast when he strung a couple weeks together about what his valuation was. We were tossing out late first round pick valuations. For Scantling, yeah. 
Yep, exactly. Which is where Gallup was to begin with. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like they've caught up with each other. So I'll gamble. I'll gamble on Scantling, new coach, and uh, and Green Bay personally. And also, we're still on Jamon Moore. Watch where is he? <laughs> R.I.P. Um, your second round picks. All right. Uh, our last one. We're going to the tight end position. Always a tough one to evaluate in the rookie season. But we'll go with Mark Andrews, guy who has has shown some flashes, has played well. Um, you know, comparatively for a rookie. Or Mike Gusecki, who has all but been, you know, nowhere. I, I don't know. I mean, this is we're we're evaluating rookie tight ends, and this is where like uh, just pump your brakes if you're if you're a listener and you're freaking out about your you know end of the first round, beginning of the second round tight end not panning out. If you don't like, think about this feeling right now. If you don't like this feeling, it's probably not 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 very good of you to draft a, a tight end in the first round because neither of these guys have been spectacular. I mean, Andrews has put up, I'm looking at it right now. It looks like he's put up about, uh, he's put up double digit points once in a PPR league. That's he's, he's got three, three, two, two, one, two, one. I mean, he's got, he's literally doesn't have four receptions this year. And Kaseki's the same way. Um, again, I don't see how I'm going to compare Andrews to Kaseki. I mean, Hayden Hurst. Now that's the real, that's where the butter is, Nathan. That's the real guy. Uh, but no, for real, I, I think I'm still going to, I'm still going to hang out with Gusecki. I'll still take him. Uh, I'm, I'm fine. I, I pay, you paid a late first, early second for him. Just stick with him. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with Gusecki as well. I, I mean, he entered the NFL as a raw, you know, receiving tight end type and almost always those guys end up having to spend their rookie years learning how to block, learning the playbook and all those things. And that's yeah. what he's had to do in Miami. And he's brought and, Part of the reason why he hasn't played well because he's adjusting to basically a new position because he probably didn't have to block that much in college. So, uh, yeah, Mike Gusecki, I mean, honestly, I'm not excited about anyone from this class other than maybe like an Ian Thomas as a, as a late-round guy. And, and start what about like a Will Disley? No, he's not a thing. Uh, I, I think that Goddard is okay, but he's stuck with Ertz. So, I mean, I, I think that if there's a tight end that I'm excited about for, the, for his current value in this class, it's Ian Thomas. But Gusecki could be a decent, like, buy super low. But there's also – people aren't re- – I mean, it happens sometimes, but the guys you drafted in that early second, mid-second rookie, rookie draft, you're not really trying to dump them for, you know, third, fourth-round picks the next year. Yeah, and that that's that's really the bottom line is, like, that and, – and the hype train for, for tight ends year over year is in the offseason where it's, it's just go time for whatever that tight end who's, like, gonna happen is gonna happen and and that's like the that's the time where everybody will freak out and some and then the, the hype will build on hype on hype on hype and then it will some, somebody will be worth a first round draft pick uh that didn't do didn't do crap this year so i don't know again it's one of these things where if you've got short rosters don't draft tight ends in the early rounds because you're gonna have to hold on to them like gaseki has not flopped he hasn't had a chance yet he's as nathan said learning a new position this is dynasty tight ends if you don't like it, don't draft him. Kadoosh. All right. Well, Nathan's already said Kadoosh, but I will remind the listeners that that brings us to the end of our show. I feel like I feel like when Dan's not here, I'd lecture a little bit more, Nathan. What do you think? I have no idea. Okay. You're like, I don't even listen. <laughs> Nathan's got a box of Captain Crunch behind him. I've got a ton of Amazon boxes because I'm in Santa's workshop um, at my house.
And and yeah, we, so we both got boxes behind us, I guess is what I'm getting at. Okay, let's go ahead and wrap the show. I don't know where I'm going with this. Um, so make sure you leave a five-star rating and review uh, for us um, on our channel, our individual channel, and on the Rotoviz Radio channel. Uh, those are always appreciated. We, we read each one of those, and we really enjoy it. Uh, make sure you check out uh, our, sis- our sister and brother shows on the Rotoviz Radio Network. Um, and I guess, uh, Nathan, for myself and you and Dan, uh, anything else, or do you want to catch up with them next week? Kadoosh, next uh, – oh, I guess the one thing we should tell you guys is – there's a slight chance we don't have a show next week. If we do, it'll be later in the week. Yeah, Christmas, baby. Yeah, I mean, well, with Christmas being the day we come out, I do not know that that's going to happen. But maybe later in the week. We shall see. I think we're all going to be traveling for it. So it might just be a week off. Apologies ahead of time if that's the case. Enjoy your family. Stop listening to us babble about fantasy football. And if it is a week off, sorry, Colm, that we told you a month ago that we'd have a show. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On that note, we are out of here. Nathan, what do you say? The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at at gapfactory.com.